Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swerf Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I feel like we haven't done this for ages because I had to rush out on the SmackDown episode. Yeah, and Laurie had to fill yeah. in for you. There How was, was that? It was good, actually. It was nice. We, well, we, you, well, know. You, know, don't, you don't have to be too positive about it. Well, we talked about Pokemon. Rather, mm. uh, rather he talked about Pokemon, and I, I very much just sort of nodded. Um, because, fun fact, I've never played a Pokemon game, so a lot of what he was saying was very much over my head. Um, Is that going to change when Detective Pikachu comes out? No, but I do love that trailer. It's a good second trailer. It's a good second trailer. I've been singing the song in it all day. I need a hero. Yeah. I'm holding out for a hero to the end of the night or to the morning light. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. He's got to be strong and he's got to be something else and he's got to be other words I can't remember. I need, I need a, a hero. hero. So we uh, kind of joked about that in the outro of the NXT podcast, saying like we've just watched a trailer for one of the most anticipated movies of the year, X Men: Dark Phoenix, uh, and I had a bit of a chuckle about that for a while, um, featuring your favourite moment of the trailer. Well, did did you talk about this <laughs> yesterday? Did, yeah. I I we were laughing so much. At this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play it? No, we didn't play okay, it. Okay, no. I've got the bit. You got it. It's uh, it's it's about one minute twelve into the X Men Dark Phoenix trailer two. If you are if you want to play along at home, folks. Yeah. Uh, the the film select trailer version. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think Magneto, played by Michael Fassbender, is being crushed in his helmet by a very powerful Jean Grey, and then it cuts to Ty Sheridan's Cyclops. Saying, what you know, what 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 are we gonna do about this, Professor X? And Professor X replies, let me hold this right up to the mic so you can hear. Tell me how we fix this, Charles. Tell me what to do, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's even funny that I remember I just don't know what I to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect that this is the same week that Alan Partridge comes back. It's oh okay, God. so let's let's play. <laughs> now I need to cue this up perfectly. 
Okay, sorry guys, this is editing on the fly. Yeah. Uh, so what, what's your what's your plans for bringing Gambit into this weird X Men continuity? What to do? I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, Oh, it's we... fun. So if we can get this as a meme going, I don't because no one else seems to be talking about how ridiculous this line. And I bet in the confines of the movie, and je- like James McAvoy, such a great actor. Yeah. In isolation, this is stupid. It's a it's bad so delivery, funny, but it's so funny. So maybe we can spin this off oh, into my God, it's into so good. like a. But so so, what are we going to do with John Cena at WrestleMania? I don't know what, I to, don't do. Know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Lynn, Lynn, I don't know what to do. Um, there was actually a follow-up email <laughs> to uh, the on the Raw podcast. You remember we got an email in from Ryan uh, who said that he was living on his uh, parents' porch, mm, and we were confused about how one lives on a porch. Exactly. Well. He has uh, explained to us. So this is from Ryan. Hello, everyone. Not going to lie, me and my GF shared quite the laugh when we heard you guys discuss the part of my last email about how we're living on a porch. In between our laughter, she looks at me and said, it's an effing Florida room, Ryan, making me feel like such an idiot. And we only laughed even harder. No, we don't actually live on an actual porch, as you guys were thinking. It's just called that because, essentially, it's what a Florida room is, except it's enclosed, making it another room to the home. So it's an annex. Mm. It's what we would call an annex. I still don't know how that becomes a porch, though. Even Because I don't know what to do! I don't know what to do! It's uh, so to me that sounds like is it the front of the house or the back of the house? Could be at the back. Uh, if it's a porch, it's got to be at follow the front up of the question. house. Excellent follow-up question. While all Florida so rooms, does everyone have to walk through your your room to get to the rest of the house? Or is it like as we said, an annex, which is kind of separate from a house, but it is a mm. room within, technically a room within the house. It's a room on the grounds of the house. Yes, but there's no connection. Yeah. There was a period in time when my parents were going to build an annex in our old house back in Reading, hmm. and I was going to move into it. Um, and just essentially, just like I would live there um, while I was, so I wasn't just, I didn't, so it felt like I wasn't living at my parents' house. I was living in my own space that would have like my own shower and, and things sex like dungeon. that. Sex dungeon. Sex yeah, dungeon, yeah. you know, sex swings and things like that. Uh, Ryan continues. Um, where are we? Uh, while all Florida rooms have windows, not all come with AC. So the Florida room we're staying in, brackets on hot days, is hotter than Satan's a-hole after consuming Chipotle the night prior. <laughs> what, a, the... what a lovely turn of phrase. Thankfully, the past two days have not been quite so hot, so it's uh, unbearable. Uh, sorry for uh, the somewhat long email, but I hope you help. Uh, hope that helps you get the point and paint a slightly better picture of where we, me and my lovely GF are staying. Thank you for all you do and do for all of us, and I hope you have a wonderful Tuesday, Luke, you deserve it. Uh, because that guy, whatever he meant that way or not, kind of came across like a bit of an asshat. So he's referring to the guy who said in about uh, Toy oh, Story. Yeah. Um, and a few people brought up that uh, that Bryn did not come across very well in that email, to the point where he did send a follow-up email, uh, which I won't read out here, but he did say, like, it did feel like I was getting proper go-away heat. I am sorry. Uh. And I was like, and I, I did, and then I kind of fell back, because it was, it was all a 
kind of a joke, really. I was kind mm. of very much playing up on the fact that it put me in a bad mood and, and things like that. But he does say that he came across quite bad in the email. I, I got the impression that you were making fun of yourself very much more so, yes. than Brit. Well, yeah. someone, you missed this on the SmackDown episode as well, but someone emailed in saying there was a high irony in us talking about Alan Partridge at the start of the show and then, <laughs> and then me sounding like Alan Partridge at the end of the show. And I did say that was the point. Mm, that was, that was yeah. all for the sense of humor. Uh, the so, Sorry, but to go back to the original email. Yes. I'm still... I'm more confused about what this room is. <laughs> Someone else is it sounds like a greenhouse what you live in. Is it just all made of glass? Are you actually a performance artist living out your life in full view of your street? Okay, so uh, Matt emailed in about something else, which we'll talk about in the, the outro portion of this podcast. But he emailed in to say, uh, in America, Florida in particular, a porch is like an extra room that can either be indoors or screened in, typically detached from the main ventilation, heating and water systems of the house. Weird. Yeah, so it's, it's an annex, but it's called I, a Florida okay, room, I've got I what it is. I've got what it is. Where is it? <laughs> is it at the front of the house or the back? Yeah. Because my... What I'm thinking in my head that I can't shake is you walk up some steps, you open the door, and then you're in an enclosed area. That's where you take your shoes off. And you hang That's where you hang up. your coat Absolutely, up. Absolutely, yeah. And then you go into the full house. Is that where you live? No, I think that's just what we know as a porch. That's an English porch. Yeah, but that isn't even an English porch. That's a... Uh... What do you call it? Because I'd imagine that even in America, the porch would be considered that area at the front of the house. Not like like before you get to the screen door, maybe, mm. where you've just got like a rocking chair and there's an old guy sitting in there with sure. a shotgun in his hands who's just making sure no darn pesky kids get on his property. Well, going back to Clerks 2. Chewing some tobacco. I don't want to say the thing from Clerks 2. Yeah, but there's, yeah, there's a yeah. whole joke That's where... That's right, where he's taking it back. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Which I, I don't know where we're at with that phrase. <laughs> no. I'm not even going to broach it. It's not, well, it's, it was never an English phrase, mm. I would argue. It's, a, it's an American joke. So it's a porch animal, yeah. uh, but the animal is another thing. Yeah. I just feel weird about saying it. I'm sure it's totally fine. Uh, but, I don't think it is. Okay. But his argument is it's nothing to do with race. It's about just hanging out yeah, kids, on the porch. Yeah, kids sitting on a porch. Yeah, and that's yeah. why he's taking it back. It's very funny, but that is also a film that was made in 2006, six, seven, yeah. I think. So, yeah. Maybe times have changed so, beyond that. Th things aren't, things aren't uh, taken that, the same as they That's were. a film that also, I was thinking about this the other day when you were talking about the breaker-uppers. Uh, Clerks 2 is also a film that has a dance break uh, number in there and like a musical number. Man, I've only seen that film twice, and it, not for a long, long time. Mm. I love it, though. Yeah, I think it's a great sequel. Oh, yeah, it's so and that good. really, really does justice to the the original. There's the there's a scene the when they're in the uh, when they're in jail at the end when they're just shouting back and forth at each other about how their lives have turned out, and it's just amazing. Mm. It's, it's some of the best stuff that Kevin Smith uh, ever wrote. I was a massive that and Jersey Girl. Well, obviously, yeah. I was a massive Kevin Smith mark like around that point was. as well. <laughs> yes, was. Uh, I'm, I don't think I'm at the level. I don't listen to all of his podcasts anymore. Like I was, I was on board with anything that he was releasing. I think it's really good. The first time Kevin, you hear Kevin Smith talk about something making him cry, mm. you're like, oh my god, he he cried at this scene in Batman, or he cried at this thing in Star Wars, or this thing in the comics. But that the the comics, are, that yeah, that thing that he's crying at is really good and beautiful. But then after like listening to his podcast for a, just a week, you're like, oh no, he cries at everything. Yeah, we it's, just it, really it, got into him. Yeah, it's really messed with his emotional system. <laughs> but uh, so I, I, 
I was so into Clerks and Kevin Smith and everything around that time. I went to go see that film every day for a week um, when it came out and for the following week as well. And I would basically go see it once a week until it was off cinemas. Wow. I was just like, I wanted to see it over and over and over again. Granted, one of the times I did go to see it because I was doing it as part of my uh, university dissertation. So I had to like take some notes uh, on there. Yeah, it's difficult if it's not on Divid. And yeah. you can't just rewatch it. Exactamundo. One of the best lines, uh, Lord of the Rings is a boring film. It's just uh, it's just wa- about walking. Yeah. Even the trees walk. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one return and it ain't of the king. It's of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Anyway, let's get into the main portion of this show, which we recorded yesterday. So I can't quite remember. Oh, it's Roman Reigns. Uh, what's next for Roman Reigns now that he's back uh, in WWE? And we'll also be talking about your crap gimmicks and your mailbag questions. Here is the show. The biggest news of the week. It's such big undoubtedly huge news that we led with the Batista return at Raw was of course Roman Reigns coming back to WWE and announcing to everyone that he's in remission from leukemia and more importantly he's going to take it straight to the mid card of evil by beating up Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Elias, The Ascension but other people that WWE don't know what to do with Mojo Rawley. I'd say that even the Ascension wouldn't want to be associated with the mid card of evil. You get you get lumped in with them, you get a certain stink on you, and that does not wash off. I like the idea of the Ascension joining them, but then in a sort of NWO, NWO Wolfpack kind of split, <laughs> you get the Wasteland. I think it's more like evil. the NWO B team, which yeah. is just like, I mean, you guys aren't cool enough really to be part of the NWO, but... I guess you could be sort of be part of the team. So yeah, Roman Reigns came back. Hooray! But what what do we do now? Well, yeah. So the the story is that he's now advertised for all Raw shows moving forward. He's back full time with the company, and he's going to be doing house shows and, and things like that. And he's going to be doing live events. He's doing the European tour. So he hasn't been added for any US house shows yet. But yeah, he's been in the house shows for the European tour and all the raw tapings going up to WrestleMania. So yeah, I I think it's just a formality that he hasn't been announced for the live events on WWE yet. I don't know how wise it is. I mean, I don't know anything about the guy's condition. Well, we... I was reading in the Observer today that WWE were kind of keeping what form of leukemia Roman had very quiet. Um, For whatever... Oh, you know, personal reasons, which is absolutely fair enough, really. It's Mm. it's his private life like you know, we don't need to know that sort of thing but it's yeah it's, it's he appears to be someone who is in, he's in great shape he looks really really great he's so hot right now and he looks to be just keen to get back into the ring and keen to get back on the road again so keen i look at reigns and i think that is one keen big dog he is just like i'm so bored yeah so bored being at home i want to be wrestling again i uh he see he, i mean so what happened before, we all knew that Roman Reigns was a lovely guy. There's loads of stories about it. He's obviously a lovely human being. Remember those video packages that he's a dad and what a good dad he is. But our problem was with how he was booked, how he was presented, how he was forced down our goddamn throats. But now all of that, resent- that resentment's gone away and the the real life Roman is blossoming. The Joe Anoa'i, mm. which is what he, you know, he came out when he announced his leukemia, 
uh, all the way back in October. We thought he might even drop the Roman Reigns name, mm. drop the mm. music, drop the the, uh, the the outfit, and then wrestle as Joe Anawaii and sort of bring out a different character. So in the immediate term is Fastlane, which is so soon. Yeah, it's next Sunday. Like <laughs> we, It is right around the corner. And that's crazy for the biggest show of the year, yeah. WWE's Fastlane Baby. To only have a handful of matches in uh-huh. this. And one of the speculated directions that they're going to go in is, I mean, it's probably, it's quite clear, is Dean Ambrose reforming with Seth and Roman, which is, you know, just... just They've they've dropped a lot of stuff there. They're gonna they're gonna just brush over a lot of very nasty things that were said. Just just treat what Dean said like any old guy that Vince wants to put in the Hall of Fame. I think you know it's it's funny as well because I was thinking about this today. Had they stuck with the original plan for Dean of where he turned heel because he didn't know how to like channel his anger towards this real life situation. If they'd gone down that direction, this could have been a very easy story to oh. tell of then why they would reform together as a group. But because they went down the germaphobe group and whatever their gas masks and all this nonsense and put in the into his entrance theme, then was just one week of babyface feuding with EC3. And now we're in this situation here. It's that's why it feels like it's a bit muddled. Like we've just we threw all the balls in the air and didn't catch a single one of them. Yeah, I. I it's a shame because I wouldn't have done the shield reunion because how many shield reunions have we had over the last couple of years? How many have we got left? And well, and well, good point. But most recently we had that in in October, right? And it was the it's the curse of the shield reunion. Every time they get together, something awful happens, like an injury or or Reigns's leukemia diagnosis. And if you stuck with Dean being that grief-stricken, misdirected anger heel who turns on Seth and then then he can have a I mean, I guess WWE had no idea when Reigns was coming back. Um, but that doesn't excuse bad booking of Dean. <laughs> so if <laughs> no. Dean's still that character, which he very much should be, because that was only a couple of months ago, and you want to let characters nestle in and actually have some time to breathe, Reigns comes back now. I'm not reuniting the shield there. I'm doing a Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose match at WrestleMania, which is kind of Roman putting down his buddy. Because if Dean's still leaving and Dean's still acting out like, you did this to me, you made me what I am. And then Roman's like, no, I'm your brother. And you do like a really quite nice... I, I always go back to it. It's that the, the closing spot of uh, Battleground 2016, I think it was, mm-hmm. where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are there. Bitter rivals and Kevin Owens is shouting like, you made me do this. And Sami Zayn catches Owens in an embrace yes. before he delivers a second halluva kick and then pins him. Yeah. And you, you get like, you tell like a really emotional story there, but I don't, that's that you can't do that now. Cause Dean's leaving and germaphobe and the characters inconsistent. Yeah. So it looks like we're going to be doing the shield and possibly Braun Strowman's what post wrestling is saying. So doing the shield plus Braun versus mid card of evil, uh, of Baron drew Bobby and Elias. And that's your final Shield match, which you can't do at WrestleMania because they didn't know that Roman was coming back. So Seth won the Royal Rumble. And so Seth is now facing Brock Lesnar, unless, of course, we get down my route and Vince changes that to Drew McIntyre. Uh, But at the moment, we've got it as Seth v. Brock. 
at WrestleMania, which means we can't do another Shield match there. And that's going to be effectively Dean's last pay-per-view appearance, in theory, because he said he's going. And that's a widely reported thing. He's done. It's not... WWE announced it themselves. Yeah, we still don't know. I mean, it's one of these things where I was talking to a friend of mine about this last weekend where he was like, I still think this could be a work. And I was like, if this is a work, this is a terribly told work. Because if it was a work, you'd want to make it a storyline, right? (laughs) Otherwise... What was the point? It's it's exactly like that Corey Graves Booker T thing. I was like, haha, we worked you all. I was like, yeah, but why? Mm. Why did you do that? Because you're idiots. You're <laughs> idiots for being fans of wrestling and we all secretly resent you. Yeah. So at WrestleMania, I love this idea of doing Brock, uh, Brock, Ro- Roman versus Dean. But it, as you say, that kind of worked if you'd stuck with the original mm. Dean character. It doesn't really work now. So now when I think about what Roman can do at Mania, I'm thinking he's a second for Seth Rollins uh, accompanying him down to the ring for his match against Brock Lesnar. And then your one of your final shots of WrestleMania, because obviously the last thing I think the main event should be Becky Lynch, although that is very much cooling off because they're doing everything they possibly can to make people not care about that match. Uh, the One of your final images is the shield standing in the ring one final time doing the fist bump with Seth as your universal champion. The beast has been slain. Dean goes off into the hills to do whatever it is that Dean does in his spare time. Wear jeans mm. and two belts. Loads of belts. I I like that. I mean, I, long-term booking-wise, I think the natural feud coming out of WrestleMania is Reigns, who relinquished his universal championship, Taking on Seth Rollins. Something that initially starts... Man, but how did... WWE have gone from having no baby faces to now having too many because you can't turn Roman the heel. I I can't believe I'm saying this after all these years. But that, and which means WWE will probably now do it. And (laughs) you can't turn Seth either because he's actually... I mean, Seth has flattened out considerably. Him him rehabbing his injury or, or not being cleared to wrestle over on Raw for the last few weeks has really derailed any momentum he had coming out of the Royal Rumble. I, I mean, I'm not against having a Shield match on the card also. So Seth Rollins has to fight twice in one night. Mm-hmm. And you do the sort of WrestleMania 30 magic with Daniel Bryan. Because I think... And this maybe this is our fault again, because how many times have we said, well, Brock's losing and leaving the company at WrestleMania? I think, again, everyone is like, well, Seth's going to win here. So to add a Shield match beforehand, at least you could buy into a bit more of the drama that Seth might be too fatigued to make the beast believe. Yeah, and, you know, Brock retains again, and we hold the title oh. hostage. Like, for the Roman match. For, and you do Brock v. Roman at SummerSlam one year on, and you just and Roman wins. And and Roman becomes champion. So you and you keep it that way, I guess. Not at SummerSlam, my friend. There's a Saudi show before there, then. Ah, but well yeah, that's the interesting I... thing with Roman. So there was a story that came out prior well, shortly after, and it came from Fightful, that before he vacated the title, he told Vince McMahon and WWE officials, I'm not going back to Saudi Arabia. I don't want to work that show. Which would have made him the third, like, top name in the company that said, I'm not doing it. We had John Cena and Daniel Bryan both pulled out of it. And then Roman was going to be the third guy to pull out of that show as well. So what relationship is is there going to be between Roman and Vince heading into this third Saudi show that's in May? Mm. Is he going to be there? Or are they going to shoot an angle that writes him out of that for a couple of weeks? 
I think if we if we if you don't mind me rewinding all the way back to Fastlane, Please do. which is the most important show of all of these. Mm-hmm. The the big I would almost prefer them not to have any kind of match because this is Roman's return from leukemia. This is the shield reunion for the possibly last time, but definitely the hundredth hundred and sixtieth time. Do you want that to be against another random assortment of mid-card heels with well, Braun Strowman there? That feels so anticlimactic. That feels like a second hour of Raw main event. Yes, but it's also what they do because they haven't got any credible heels on Raw. Like, really, the main event scene of a heel side of things in WW on Raw is remarkably lacking. Mm. It's incredible. Because, as I said, we're calling them the, the mid-card of evil. And when you actually think about it, they're also the top guys of the heel division. And they feel like the mid-card of evil. Because Baron Corbin just drags everything down, I feel. Like, Drew McIntyre should be far away from all of this. Bobby Lashley should be far away from all of this. And yet, they're all just there doing... And it's just, you know, this is what Drew was doing last year. Just being thrown together into a random team so he can face off against the Shield. Well, they don't actually have characters. They're just... They're just bodies, warm, big bodies to put opposite the faces that they want to get over. That's, that's, that's a shame for Drew because he was on such an upward swing after that Kurt Angle match. We were talking about putting him in the Crown Jewel like Universal yeah, Championship yeah, yeah. match. And, and now he's playing second fiddle to, to Corbs. I, I d- it's, Roman feels like he's being lost in the, in the shuffle. He's come back too late, really, to, to do any match of real substance. Because I'm looking through the card, like not, not the card, but the entire roster. And again, love, love Roman Reigns as a person, but he has done all the matches. He has had all the feuds with all the other top guys already because he was on top for so long. And I'm bored of all those. So when I look through these names... Like, you know, I don't want to see... I'm on, I'm on the SmackDown page there. Uh, but I don't want to see him face Bray Wyatt. I don't want to see him face John Cena again. because I don't want to see him face Kurt Angle. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Braun Strowman, heaven forbid. Yeah. I don't. Baron I, Corbin. I'm not even that into seeing him wrestle Seth Rollins. I'm not into watching Roman Reigns... A Roman Reigns feud with anyone. I'm into watching Roman wrestle because, well, hey, he's back, I'm happy. But... I'm not really excited about him as a character. Then why don't we look to any of those NXT call-ups? I mean, heaven forbid we give them a storyline. Yeah, but, oh, man, I I wouldn't want to... I mean, they've all been called up as babyfaces. And you cannot be a babyface. You'll have to be the heel going against Roman here. Maybe. It depends on what angle you want to take this, because my worry is, is that... So... The only person they appear to have set Roman up against going by Raw is Baron Corbin. Because Corbin is the one that's cutting his promos being like, my job as GM was tougher Mm. than Roman having leukemia. So what if one of the WrestleMania matches is just a 30-second squash where Roman kills Baron Corbin? And that's the end of the mid-card of evil. Yeah, like with the stipulation yeah. that Baron <laughs> yeah. can never ever team with any other mid card heel again. Oh, he'll just do it though. Yeah. Him, him, Mojo Rawley will, will find a way into all of this. So maybe that's the direction you go, and that's you can just have Corbin doing his cheap 
leukemia, uh, you know, promos and being like, wow, I think cancer's awesome. And I think that <laughs> you're dumb because you got yeah, it. Cancer chart going <laughs> in the crowd. Yeah, exactly. Do really like ham fisted yeah, heel yeah. stuff. <laughs> so Roman could just go out there, kill him 30 seconds, ooh, ah, spear, and it pins him. Corbin doesn't lose anything because he's got literally nothing to lose. And Roman gets on the card. You get the big pop from the, mm. get the WrestleMania pop from the crowds. It's not the worst idea in the world. It's yeah. It's it's not the worst idea, and it's like it's the only idea really I yeah. can see. I yeah. just everyone other else is doing with, something other than him teaming with Dean to fight with. And like say so you do Roman Dean and Braun versus the mid card of Evil without with one of them missing. Oh God, at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into that. Hey, remember what the League of Nations had a WrestleMania match against the New Day? Mm-hmm. And that League of... Like, this is basically League of Nations 2.0. <laughs> uh, I, uh, just looking through the roster, there was just two names that jumped out at me. And that was the Usos. I don't want to see him feud with the Usos, of course. I know they're on SmackDown, but brand split, LOL. I, when the Usos and Reigns were together before as the family, I thought that was... It was it was lame. It was lame. Uh, they just never clicked because it was in the olden days of just them trying to get Roman pushed. But them three together now as genuine family and just this Samoan bad house, bad badass faction. Mm. I'd 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 be for that. It's different Usos now as well. Mm. Like that was that's pre-brand split Usos where they were like these yeah. edgier street thug characters, and they really brought out their characters on Talking Smack. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe that'll add a different dynamic to it. So yeah, like a six-man tag with Roman and the Usos versus Baron Corbin oh, and, <laughs> and Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the the answer is here. Um, it's yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not really interested in seeing Roman do anything storyline wise. No, and yeah. like after WrestleMania, I am. But everything now just feels quite forced and clunky. But again, we're at the a point that the story is that there's still no full WrestleMania card in place. Like Daniel Bryan's match still hasn't been decided. It's likely going to be Kofi Kingston, but that's not been officially decided yet. John Cena's match has not been decided. Come on, our truth. Uh, Kurt Angle's match has not been decided yet. There's all of these like things in play and all these sort of balls that are, we don't really know what we're doing yet. We're just sort of throwing stuff at the wall. So, yeah, I'm, I think I'm more like to see what can happen post-WrestleMania. Like, I think the next couple of weeks are going to be fascinating to watch as like, WWE scramble to get things together and try to get a card that they can advertise. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a very, very interesting few weeks and, and what will happen for Roman there. The other thing to talk about just before we, we go on to some crap gimmicks is this story that a fan spoke to Roman Reigns at a signing event and asked him about Dean Ambrose leaving. And Roman's words were, Leave it with me. You know, that's, I, I'm going to, he's going to take care of that. That sounds like he's going to murder him. Yeah, well, Roman sounds is. Sounds like the, he's a hitman. Roman is this locker room leader. You know, that writer that was telling the story about mm. how, like, he's such a team player. So you can almost imagine now, for the next few weeks, Roman's going to be having these conversations with Dean every single Monday, being like, hey, you, so you got to stick around, man. Like, we can do all of this. We can do this. Hey, you know, we'll, we'll do the fist bumps and. And and kind of trying to talk Dean into re-signing and staying. No more hokey S word, suffering succotash yeah. being the S word. Yeah. I yeah, but maybe Roman's talking to him and Dean's going, yeah, but what about this and what about this? And Roman goes, huh? 
But those are annoying things about yeah. working here. I did say suffer and suck attach yeah. in a promo. We get fewer dates. We get there might be a union. <laughs> the, the, the young bucks are really fun. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think that confirms it. Roman Reigns is definitely going to All Elite Wrestling. <laughs> Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. If you're wondering to yourself, what the heckins is a crap gimmick? Well, that's a segment we do each and every week here on the Wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> where you, the Swap Nation, send to us your crab gimmicks, and we, the bookers of crab gimmick wrestling, decide whether we want to sign them or not. We uh, go through the... I'm picking them at random, basically, more or less. I'm going them in order as best I can, but I'm also picking them at random. Email luke at wrestletalk.com. That's luke at wrestletalk.com. I've now had two messages from people saying, like, hey, I sent mine back in September. Did I miss it? And I'm like, mate, I'm in August. Like, if I'm going through this in, in order, I'm currently in August. There's still a way off before you get to September. Yeah, and and they're likely not good enough either. <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay, so here we go. Sam Pemberton sends in, Hi guys, realised I only went and bloody forgot to say hello in my last email, I think, so apologies for that. Uh, and he apologises for this fairly lengthy thing. I've kind of tried to truncate it as best I can because it was quite long. But he has suggested the pinfall wizard. Mm, good pun. The lights in the arena dim, they begin to flash a variety of colours when suddenly out booms a more mystical-sounding, lyrically adapted version of Pinball mm. Wizard by The Who. Brackets, great song, by the way. Close brackets. 
Through the smoke splutters a short man who sports an instantly eye-catching long, long beard which is dyed grey, has a knot tied in the middle with a wand poking through, and an, and the end is a wand, uh, a walking stick of either side. He has eye makeup and drawn on wrinkles to make him appear older than he is. Underneath a tall black wizard's hat dotted with badly stuck on silver stars, flowing grey hair that reaches down to his lower back. Adorned in matching black starry cloak atop a shimmering red robes, the wizard strides in shiny black boots that add an extra four inches to his short heights towards and into the ring with an impressive staff. No jokes now. In his hand... He's already done the wand. There was a giant <laughs> wand in his pocket. In his hand, he holds a crystal ball on top of which a picture of his opponent is stuck on top as crudely as the stars mm. are on his hat and cloak. He proclaims that he is the Pinfall Wizard, a man who has travelled many realms studying and beating the best competitors each has to offer. Despite his slighter stature than the men in the realm, he has earned the name the Pinfall Wizard through creative ways to rolling up his opponent for a 1-2-3. He is a masterclass in-ring technician, nay, magician even, and says he knows exact moments and tactics to pin his opponents, maximizing leverage and at times when they least expect it. Here's the kicker, he's never lost and he's never had to go for more than one pinfall in a match. I like that. I like not just the the undefeated streak, but the 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 consistent run of pin attempts. Yeah. That's kind of like in tennis where it's like, oh, you've not just won every match. You haven't dropped a set. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's cool. It, I, I like how rubbish uh, the, the, the great, costume is. Yeah, the yeah. costume is. It was a great description and, and in-depth of the costume. You put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, that, it, it, didn't, it didn't jump out at me. What about you? I quite like aspects of it. Mm. I think Pinfall Wizard is a good pun. It's a, it's a solid pun. Solid, solid pun. Uh, and I like that I was re expecting it to be like, and the joke is he's rubbish and he's always taking the pin. So I was actually quite surprised to see. No, he's good. So I was really yeah. So I like that. Uh, Mara Jade Skywalker. Don't think it's the real one, considering that it's not a real person. Uh, sends in from October twenty eighth. Hello, Luke and Ollie. This is Mara from your comments section. Hi, my Mara. Hi, Mara. My crap gimmick uh, wrestling gimmick is the ice cream buster. The ice cream buster is a wrestler who uses melted ice cream to his advantage. His debut is hyped as he hands ice cream out to the uh, kids. And in the back, he's written out, out to the kicks. I think he meant out to the kids, or maybe she. Uh, but once he finally makes his debut, he comes to the ring with an ice cream machine. Before every match, he asks the referee to wait for 10 minutes as he eats vanilla and apple ice cream. When the match does start, he hands his half Egan ice cream, then that's supposed to be eaten ice cream, it's to the total, referee. Uh, total autocorrect. <laughs> Especially if you're trying to write eaten and it's it's changed it to Egan. Did you mean Egan? No. <laughs> no. no, no I, meant, I meant eaten. eaten. The Ve word. Very much I meant eaten. Uh, before he does his finisher, he always says, "He always says, time to cool things off." As he fills the ring with chocolate and strawberry ice cream, then he power bombs his appointment through the ice cream uh, as his back is covered. And at the end of every match, he spends thirty minutes in the ring eating ice cream and giving some random people in the crowd ice cream. Wow, that is a lot of time spent. That's forty minutes cumulatively mm. of this guy eating ice cream in a live event environment, yeah. which borders on performance art, <laughs> I think. I think Maria I've seen Mark Watson do this as part of his like 74-hour mm. uh, stand-up routines. Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a weird... It, it's definitely weird. 
Yeah. It's definitely super weird. I'll, it give, I'll give that to you. Helped only by autocorrect screwing you over mm. in terms of... I did like he powerbombs his appointments through the ice cream. Yeah. We like the unintentional bits of your gimmick is yes. what Luke's saying. Uh, this comes in from Jeremy Martin, sent from uh, sent on January 6th, 2019. Hey, that was this the year. future. Hi, Ali Luke and El Fakador. My gimmick is called The Segway. Now you're talking my language. The Segway is a heel who interrupts babyface interviews on, you guessed it, a Segway, slowly driving past. And then the interviewer forgets about the interview he was actually doing, and it cuts back to the commentary desk. Also, the Segway segues to the ring and attacks babyfaces so he can move on to the next segment. The Segway is an over weight man, hence why he needs a segue everywhere. His promos are always short and to the point and uses catchphrases of your time is short and you're lucky we got to move on to the next segment. His moveset is basically trying to end the match as short as possible by using heel tactics, leaving or disqualifications. He brings a clock and tries to tell the referees that they're going into overtime. His finish is a rolling cannonball in the corner that he calls the segue. Love the show, been watching Ramble from the start and seen every episode. Keep up the good work. I, even I haven't seen every episode. I don't watch that's them a, back. That's yeah. a really good accomplishment. Um, uh, yeah, I like this. I like this a lot. It's it's close to my heart, the segue. I would also add in things like that on the outside, referees distracted, he runs over his opponent's hand <laughs> with, with the segue while riding it. I'm sure there's a way you could gimmick that. I was going to say difficult to gimmick because those are heavy things. Yeah. Surprisingly heavy. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he has to be an overweight person. No, because when I think Segway, I think Job. Yeah, but also Paul Blart Mall Cup. Oh, yeah. That's I think true. that's going to be in most people's minds. More than Job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mainstream oh, Kevin... I'm going to wait for you to get this. Because <laughs> <laughs> this disproves your point. <laughs> Kevin. I know the answer. Mainstream Kevin comedy. <laughs> it's Kevin James. Kevin James comedy. <laughs> Paul Blart Mallcop. Yeah. Like, that got a sequel. It did, yeah. I mean, Arrested that... Development never got a movie. Dread never got a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Sobering thought, isn't it? Well, that I, I, this this is good, um, but I, just, I don't feel like... Um, if I was to do a segue, it would be more of a transitionary gimmick rather than uh, an Oscar wrap up your time's done that's what I'm thinking yeah, yeah that's that's my and that's quite a fundamental thing I can't get past I'm afraid Jeremy. yeah you're trying to it's like it's the segue doesn't feel like they should be rushing matches mm. that, that the two don't quite m mesh together yeah but it'd, it'd be a perfect thing for the TV for the TV show for crap gimmick uh well what's the worst night for wrestling um I don't know uh, when Wednesday morning <laughs> I was going to say Friday night when no one's in, but Smackdown's, Smackdown's moving to Fridays. <laughs> let's have let's have wet Monday no Wednesday morning dynamite. <laughs> What's a rubbish word for dynamite? Um, explosive is cool. That's a yeah. good word. It's Kablawi. hard to come up with. Kablawi. Yeah, Wednesday morning Kablawi. <laughs> On Wednesday morning Kablawi, and you just you don't use the segue as like a producer to wrap things up. You just do it as the camera follows him from one interview segment to the next. Yeah, yeah. You literally have a guy on a segue go from segment to segment. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you should draw the Monday Nitro logo as Wednesday morning kablammy. But no one's saying No that. one is saying that, but, you know, it's, it's your time. So I'm going to say no signees this week. So no to the Segway, no. no to Ice Cream Buster, and no to Pinfall Wizard. None were crap enough in the best kind of way. Yes, I'm going to...
And if you want to send in a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome Pledge Hammers on Patreon and leave your comments and your mailbag question in our little community section. It's the tab. Uh, so you've got like posts and you've got community. Click the community tab. That's where you can leave your mailbag question. Um, this is one I actually missed from a couple of weeks ago because it was when you weren't around to do the magazine show and I did it mm-hmm. with Fakador. But I left it because it, it applied to you. So I thought I would wait until... And okay. then I forgot to do it last week. And this person emailed me to say, can't believe you forgot to do it. I mean, you, should be, you shouldn't be surprised, really. No. So it comes from Diamond Crusader, who says, Do you remember episode 31 of the Flickering Myth podcast, where it's revealed that Ollie is actually not just into animated bunnies? He likes all furry animated animals that kind of look like humans. He's not a furry. Ollie got randy during Luke's description of what squirrels do, collecting nuts. This news came about during your discussion of a potential Squirrel Girl movie. Okay, someone had mocked up Anna Kendrick. As, as squirrel, squirrel girl. girl, and that—that's—that's that's alluring. <laughs> that is an alluring image. Because uh, it's Anna Kendrick, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not actually that into Anna Kendrick. Oh, really? But Anna Kendrick with squirrel ears. <laughs> now that's a whole different animal. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't remember that. Thanks for bringing up all the the things. This is like I feel like James Gunn now. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, why did I say those things back in the day? Uh, Martin Ware says, uh, after asking for his re- release from WWE and as confirmed by his Instagram account, do you think the perfect 10 could go to AEW? Yes. Uh, but I don't think... So he's put the 90-day no-compete there. Yeah, so that would be... Uh, yeah, uh, and so like, could he be at Double or Nothing? And yeah, so that's that's easily in time for Double or Nothing, which is May, May, May 27th. Yeah, so is TJP as well. Mm. Oh, TJP's so good. Yeah, he's great. He's so... I forgot he got released. Yeah. And he got it already released. He might have been fired because it was disciplinary uh, yeah. reasons. It's weird how not much has come out about that. I feel that's got lost in the shuffle of so much other news. Yeah. Uh, yeah, damn, I haven't had time to process TJP. He's such a good wrestler. Yeah, he's like, great. That, that's the... Well over time. Like, you've got to go for TJP and build your cruiserweights division around him. Yeah, completely, well, completely agree. I've just like, I mean, he can even go up to, like, the the, the upper mid card as well and yeah. have him in tag matches with random other good singles guy here against the Young Bucks. TJP versus Phoenix. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, okay. And don't call him TJP either. Go, call just call him TJ, TJ Perkins. Perkins. Uh, Dwayne Cooley oh, says... I didn't actually answer the question. Uh, he, I, I think Ty will show up in the Battle Royal. That's what I was going to say, the yeah. Battle Royal, yeah. But I don't know if he'll... Because he's he's no spring chicken, and they seem to want younger talent yeah. that can grow. Like, that's the money ball way that Tony Khan seems to be a fan of. But there's the relationship with Cody there. But I don't see this as... A promotion where people are going, you're my mate, I'll get you a job. Yeah. So we'll see. I think the best thing for Ty to do is to just go round and Drew McIntyre it to Cody Rhodes it. Just wrestle in loads of indie promotions and get over that way. I agree. Uh, Dwayne Cooley asks, hello, WrestleTalk crew. Yes, including Randy Andy Datsun. No. Uh, with, <laughs> no. With all of these botched NXT call-ups over the last year or so, uh, do you think WWE will ever get a call-up right? How can you make the la- at least two recent call-ups from the past... Mm. How would you make at least two recent NXT call-ups from the past year to our... Ha- mm. I don't understand the second part of that sentence. Uh, but can they ever do NXT call-ups well? Eventually, surely, 
by that, accident. I mean, but that's what I've always thought. Like every time, it's Weezer albums again. <laughs> I just said, surely by accident they're going to release an album that's listenable. Yeah. Rather than just one really catchy single, and then nine. The whole album is going to be like pork and beans. Oh, it's not. <laughs> the last one that got me was, uh, girl. If you're wondering if I want you to, I want you to, I want that one. I thought it yeah. was such a good pop song, and it's like it. Some of the lyrics are really old school rivers, and no, no. Oh, uh, so it breaks no, but, my heart to see you talk about Weezer know. sometimes. Well, that's how I feel about NXT as well. I, I don't think, uh, but well, I guess like Triple H wouldn't do these things to them. No, I assume it needs to be a Triple H project. The Shield was a Triple H project. And it was protected by him, and it got over because it was turned into a main event thing. I think that's what it needs to be. I would have argued that Drew was the best NXT call-up of last year. In fact, we did it in a video. But um, And I think Andrade starting to make some progress. A he's year do- he's doing- after. <laughs> he's doing better than the Iconics are. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny how Triple H was like, ah, oh, damn. Vince wants to do this new era thing. He wants some NXT call-ups. Uh, these are my toys. You can have EC3, <laughs> Lars Sullivan, uh, yeah. the Heavy Machinery, Mickey Cross, bloody yeah, I can't even... Lacey Evans. And Vince's like, oh, yeah, new toys. We'll play with these for a bit. Yeah. I've heard these are the best ones. Yeah, and Triple H is, ah, I played that one pretty good. Cerebral Assassin still got it. And then, like, he must wake up one day or someone calls him and gets a text. Have you seen who's on the it's call Jeremy sheet? Borash. For, uh, have you seen who's on the call sheet for Monday? <laughs> Tomasa, all the top toys that Triple H wanted to play with. Yeah, he's got all the pieces for the Megazord. <laughs> uh, Austin Tussie asked, if you were starting promotion with one guy from Raw, one from SmackDown, one from NXT or NXT UK, and two non-WWE guys to be the root of your main event picture, who would you take? John Cena. Can I? <laughs> uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I think I'll go for the one of the biggest wrestling movie stars in the world yeah uh, uh, so i'm gonna put him as a raw guy yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's fair enough from smackdown daniel bryan mm-hmm. because again i'm quite lazy when it comes to building new promotions i just want the top best talent that everyone knows uh and then what's the other one two from nxt i uh, know so you got your two wwe ones two non-wwe guys it says one from nxt there though oh yes yeah, so you gotta pick one from nxt as well Ooh. So you got to have five people. That's difficult because there's so. M- I'll go for Keith Lee because he's such a different kind of wrestler. Uh, uh, and two non WWE guys, Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. Pretty what good. About you? Um, yeah, I- I'm not going to go for the uh, the the big top tippity top people, I guess. So from Raw, I'm going to take Mojo. Well, I mean, I was going to say Baron, but yeah, yeah, Mojo's <laughs> a good shout. Um, no, I think I would take Seth Rollins. Um, uh, and then from SmackDown, I would take Shinsuke Nakamura, hopefully. I oh, know Rusev. I'm going to take Rusev. Uh, from NXT, I'm going to take uh, Walter. And then non WWE guys, I'm going to take, uh, if you take an Osprey, Pack. And I'm going to take. Let's see if there's anyone there. Um, who else can Hangman I take? Page. Yeah, um, he's, he's really good. Oh God, my, my mind is just completely Doug gone Williams. blank. Uh, uh, Tanahashi. Um, oh, this is a great name, Disfrazada Rodi Rodrigo. Mm. That's an excellent name. Exotic. Um, essentially, he is asking, uh, "Do you think Renee is going to leave when Dean's contract expires?" No, 
because I think she is under contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think she's going anywhere. No. I don't think she'd go to another wrestling place either. I think she'd go to a more, like an ESPN. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, Noah Trombley asks, do you think WWE has done all of these NXT call-ups because they're expecting a lot of talent to leave, whether this is by choice or they are released? No, I don't think so. I think because the idea, it seems, is WWE are using that talent better, in air quotes, or just, which is... Yeah, when they hear better, they think, give them titles. So yeah. like the Revival, the Usos, those examples there. Uh, I think the call-up of NXT guys is more of a panic move against AEW. That's exactly. And ratings falling. And realizing, crap, it's WrestleMania season. We're down 20% viewership from last year. We need to do something. Yeah. And they panicked. I think that's that's exactly it. It was a panic move. Uh, Vince woke up one day and was like, ah, people like NXT do that. Uh, Flev Dorian says, Hello, Luke, Ollie, the trustworthy old Fagador, and nope, that's it. Long time follower, first time pledge hammer. Actually, second time. I started in January. Uh, loved your guys' work and kept me interested in wrestling and other praises. Uh, we all know that when you retire from wrestling, you don't just move into your beach house in Florida or wherever and sip margaritas for the rest of your days. You can contribute to the business, whether booking shows or training the future generation. Or if you're a WWE legend, get paid for an occasional cheap bop appearance. My question is, who do you think from the current active roster will have a job backstage and who will receive a WWE legend contract after they retire I mean I could go easy I could just say Roman Reigns he's a, he's a lifer yeah there. yeah uh huh but I don't I can't Kofi think... yeah I could see Kofi Kofi Kingston could be a good trainer and a backstage producer yeah uh Cassius Ono I could definitely see him uh, transitioning yeah, into a, a trainer idea. role I think that's why he's over in NXT UK really now is to kind of like train up that their, their guys over there I can almost see AJ Styles if, you, if he's going to stick around and just collect a nice payday uh, mm. and just go and move into a producer role backstage I don't see AJ as a producer more of a trainer I think producer you've got to have a different skill set but then again I would I, I would never have said Devon <laughs> yeah. I'd never have looked or at Devon yeah god yeah Abyss yeah but Abyss is like Abyss is really creative with, his, with the Joseph Park stuff mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So I can see where that, that side came from. But Devon was always, I know, I did, I'm, you know, he's obviously doing a good job of it, but uh, he was always the more silent one out of the Dudleys. Yeah, mm. well, that's why Bubba's got the radio show, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Rosie asks, hello, lad. As someone with autism, I have major, uh, major sensory problems and have to wear headphones everywhere I go. So the news that AEW is working with Culture City to make a sensory inclusive environment makes me ecstatic. Some arenas I have to go, uh, I go to don't allow me to take my headphones uh, in making concerts and other shows difficult. I've been able to go to wrestling events live, but I often have to walk out eventually and take a breather so I don't get overloaded and break down. Knowing I'll be able to enjoy wrestling live fully means the world to me so my question is to you guys do you see other promotions following in aew's footsteps to make a more inclusive environment and do you think wwe will ever do something like that i somehow doubt wwe doing it as they have had trouble dealing with mental disabilities with their own employees mm. still seth did say philanthropy is the future of marketing and regardless of how scummy that sounds it does make me hopeful no matter the case keep up the great work i hope you and your family have a superb day cheers and that's from rosie the female smark I think lovely little message. Yeah, I think I I want to wear those noise cancelling headphones when I watch Raw at home, just to just to filter out the Michael Coles and the Tom Phillipses. Do you think they'll ever release a set of headphones that just like it's his frequency <laughs> just limits that? That that that, that, that fight and it's cancelled out by Mauro Ranello. <laughs> 
just that'd be really nice. Um, yeah, it's it's great that AEW have done yeah. this, and because I was gonna have this in my news today, but I uh, ran out of space to put it in. I am when I was because they announced this in the All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing Road to Double or Nothing series with Cody and Brandy, and Brandy comes in. Love Brandy, love Cody. It was so stilted this announcement. I have got really good news, guys, mm. and it just it was so transparently script not scripted, but not spontaneous. Yeah. But they they say like yeah we've partnered with Culture City um that so when people who who are very sensitive to external stimulus so that's not just people with autism but people with anxiety eating disorders post traumatic stress disorders you they'll have like these noise cancelling headphones I don't know what other bits mm. uh, it would involve because from what I know about sensory stuff like that you have really nice dully lit rooms when I first read it I thought there was going to be a special viewing area where the lights were going to be a bit dimmer, the sounds would be, like, comfier, and the walls are just nice to rub. Yeah. That seems to be, like, the extreme version of making that as comfortable as possible for those people. Um, but, yeah, I, I am baffled that WWE have not done this already. It does seem like the sort of PR thing they would love to have and, and to boast about. Yeah. And, and do, like, in-ring segments about and things like that. And I'll be honest, I think that with off the back of this news, it is something that they're going to look into themselves. They're oh, going to yeah. find another organization like Culture City and partner with them, and then they can make the big deal out of it. Which, you know, I'm not knocking because I think you should make a big deal out of, out of this thing and really promote this because I think it's something that does need to be talked about and promoted. So I think that I could definitely see WWE doing it. It's 100%. It'll be their next thing. Like mm. that, it'll be their next partnership deal that they look to seek out. It might not be for the right reasons, but sometimes that the ends make the the means okay. And lastly, Anthony Marine says, uh, first off, thank you to uh, for answering my question about Bo Dallas being Finn's manager. It was intended as a joke. Did make my day though. Anywho, my question is with Batista back. Do you think Randy Orton might play a part in the story since it seems like the continuity of the brands are separate, not the stars themselves? Anyway, thanks for answering in advance. Yeah, I don't know how you'd work him in because Randy is another one whose character's been grossly inconsistent. And now he's he'd, doing something with AJ. Jeff Hardy. He's <laughs> never been the same. Oh, poor old Jeff. And, uh, I, but I do like that as as the idea of, because you had the Triple H, Batista and Ric Flair element of evolution to kick off this feud. And Randy was there in the prologue, I guess, of the feud at SmackDown 1000. I think he was there in spirit. Like, yeah, it's like it's a shame that Randy Orton wasn't in the ring too. That might have been a nice touch for the Ric Flair celebration. For the Ric Flair celebration, um, it had actually been a better choice than Kurt Angle. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Angle. He had a match earlier. <laughs> Titus Titus <laughs> O'Neil would have been a better choice. So of all the people who knew Batista was backstage, very few people was like top, top, top guys, and then titus o'neill i was like yeah. oh they're best friends aren't they that's so strange actually sort of about people who might end up being backstage producers titus is one of those guys yeah an ambassador yeah sort of oh, role. One, he does a lot of work for absolutely he'll be an ambassador that's good yeah he's a lifer um yeah uh i uh, i yeah. don't yeah i don't know how you would play I, I think you're right because his character has been very odd like, I don't think they, I don't even think Randy really knows what his character is at the moment. And but he's sort of tied up with the AJ thing mm. to lead up into their WrestleMania program. So 
I really know where where Randy figures into all of this. Maybe you just keep this as a raw only storyline because that's where your big stories are, and you just you just do it there with with yeah. Batista and Trips. Yeah, I think it, there's not there's only six weeks or so till WrestleMania, and it would or eight I can't remember actually. Let's say eight weeks. Uh, I think to include Randy in it in anything other than a cameo would would be overbooking. Yeah. But WWE have been, you know, very guilty of that yeah. over the last month. Uh it's a trailer that's so out of step oh, with I everything didn't. else being made right now. Yeah. There was um yeah, someone posted up yesterday. Uh, comic Book Resources uh, said that the director of Dark Phoenix... I don't even know who the director is. Is it Singer? No. I have no, no idea who it is. He's off of everything. I, can't, I was going to say, I can't imagine it's Singer. Men. Uh, but they oh. said, like, oh, no, there is a death in this movie that is legitimate. And I was like, really? The question should be, is this film legitimate? Simon Kimberg directed no, it. Your mate, My Simon mate, Kimberg. My mate, Simon Kimberg. Oh, you love Simon Kimberg. He's a... <sighs> He's a good guy to chat to. I once did an interview with him, and uh, I think it's safe to say we got on like a house on fire. You were like best mates. Oh, by it the was end great. It. Uh, it was weird because I, I was going in there like you screwed up everything, <laughs> <laughs> and I came out oh, like what a lovely this guy. X Men franchise fell apart because of you. Um, but what was I? Oh, it was about Apocalypse. Yes, I was interviewing him for. Oh, a, a great <clears throat> movie within the X Men franchise. Let's be honest. I forget that happened. <laughs> like, I, do, I feel like the last movie that's been made was Days of Future, Future Past, Past. Yeah. which was great. Yeah, really good. Uh, but yeah, ah, oh, interesting. Hmm. It does not. And like Laurie and I were talking about this on the NXT podcast. I think it's worth remembering that this film was pushed back. It was meant to be released last year, and it's had extensive reshoots and. Every audience screening that they have done has come back with negative feedback, which is oh. why they've just done more reshoots to appeal to those people and then screened it again and just got a different set of negative feedback. And now we're at a point where we, I guess they just have to release it. But this is like the final nail in the X-Men coffin before Disney take over. Yeah, probably. But isn't there that other movie? Yeah, um, New Mutants. New Mutants. Which is had a trailer? Uh, I think I don't it know. had a teaser, didn't That it? was also meant to be out last year. That got pushed back to this year. That's also That had such extensive reshoots, they added in a new character uh, mm -hmm. to the whole thing and changed the plot of the film completely. And I was saying this to Laurie yes, on the NXT review. It's going to end up being like this year's Josh Trank Fantastic Four, which is like just two separate movies that have been smushed mm. together. And the only way you can tell the difference, apart from the tonal shifts and everything looking different, is Rooney, Mar uh, Rooney Mara's wig yeah. just changing from scene to scene. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going through some of the, the comments and the, uh, the general consensuses. Great casting, apart from Cyclops and Jean Grey. <laughs> and no one likes them. <laughs> oh, and bring back Wolverine. But he's not coming. He, he won't be in it. Although he has had uh, a cameo in everything. He right? was in Apocalypse. Where was he in Apocalypse? They have that scene where they go to the testing facility where they're doing all the uh, Weapon well, X course, testing. That was such a big part of it. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this email comes in from Andy just talking about Toy Gory, which we were just kind of discussing a little bit. Um, uh, oh, Bryn's not uh, Welsh, by the way. We got that wrong. Mm. Um, uh, he's from South Africa. Um, oh, Bryn. 
Yeah, of course, Bryn. Anyway, Andy uh, said that I went and checked out the video for myself. Not sure if you're aware, but you now have eight comments. That's double the comments you had on Sunday. Better get the advertisements in there because they'll soon be dollars rolling in. And he said it reminded me of a film slash series I remember watching a few years ago called Trilogy of Terror from 1975, which to this day, I still stand as the scariest Emma effing doll figurine I have ever seen. I have seen Trilogy of Terror. Great little film. I actually talked about it in that dissertation I was referring to earlier because I did a piece about um, Child's Play. Mm. And was the um, should the BBFC have reevaluated the rating of the Child's Play series in the wake of the Bulger trials um, that, that came years later? Because Child's Play three became such a big part of the uh, the prosecution and and the and the defence and, and things like that became a big part of particularly the media campaign against it of like they did it because they watched this movie and whether the BBFC should reevaluate the classifications of the rest of the series. When I spoke to the BBFC, they said no. I agree with them. But I also talked about kind of like the history of killer dolls within movies and things like that. What other, what's your top top three killer dolls? Uh, well, Chucky. I, I Chucky, love, I love the Child's Play franchise. Absolutely love and adore the Child's Play franchise. Also a big fan of the Puppet Master series. Um, I don't know what that is. Uh, most recent one, in fact, actually was really, really good. And um, the uh, the ah oh, the right. thing in ghost goosebumps, uh, slappy, slappy. Uh, but he didn't really kill people. He oh, was did he have to kill? I mean, he had. I mean, murderous I sort of was like, yeah, sort of sort of murderous dolls. So and they're stuff not. Like that. It's a murderous doll, but it, it's not a killer doll mm, until it perhaps, officially yeah. commits homicide. But even then, I don't think Slappy ever had murderous intentions. Mm. Um, just hijinks. He wanted to spew like yeah, hijinks spew like green slime over people because I it was think, the nineties. I think it was insinuated that he wants to kill people. Perhaps, yeah. But you just you just don't say that because it's uh, written for children. I stand by that that is one of the scariest books I've ever read. But granted, I've not read it since I was seven, mm. and I there was a point where I just could not read it. And like my brother um, once relayed on to me years later when he was reading a Stephen King novel, he said, I just convinced myself I was tired. So I didn't have to read it anymore <laughs> when I was in bed. Oh, I am tired. No yeah. more reading of that then. It's, it's weird at that age when you're reading like Goosebumps or scary books and you're like, oh, God. oh God. And it feels so real. And then you're like, something's over there. I'm just going to keep reading this scary book so I don't have to deal. What I'm pretty confident is in the corner of the room in the dark yeah oh god um just put it in the freezer that's the best way to get around this thing uh so anyway uh matt who emailed in about the uh, the florida porch situation earlier uh, also emailed in with an update on anton's lungs so you might recall this email. Uh, he says, Greetings, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. A little while back, I emailed him regarding one of my best friend's lung collapse and him needing surgery. I linked a GoFund to help him pay due to his lack of insurance. I certainly forgot to send you a follow-up after his surgery. I am pleased to inform that after a week in hospital with a tube in his side and a few months rehab, Anton is doing quite well and making his way towards being able to work out and even run again without lung issues. I'm also pleased to inform you that thanks to a friend of their family, they were able to consult with a lawyer and manage to acquire insurance to cover most of the medical costs. The 600 or so that was raised through the GoFundMe has gone directly to him and his family to assist them with the miscellaneous cost not covered by their new insurance. Oh, that's good news. Tremendous news. Absolutely fantastic. A breath of fresh air for the uh, American medical system. Yes, absolutely. Um, do you want some Randy Datsun name suggestions? I mean, they're not going anywhere, are they? Um, Dan has said, uh, hi, Luke, Ollie, El Fakedor, and definitely not Randy Andy. I just want to offer my name for the Randy fan, bracket with an S. Uh, I can't believe no one's come up with it yet. The Datsun Sunnies, the old name for the car company Nissan. Yeah, I can't believe 
we we all miss that one. Yeah, uh, he writes because it's always better when you have to explain it. Maybe I'm just showing my age, Dan. Dan. Uh, Sam Smith has uh, suggested uh, you've been asking what to call fans of Randall Keith Datsun. Uh, they should simply be put. Uh, they simply should be called idiots. I uh, hope that gives you a belly <laughs> chuckle. All the best, Sam. Did give me a belly chuckle. <laughs> I like how Randy Randy's name gets further and further away oh, from, from his, his real name, name every time it, uh, someone emails in, yeah. not to say hi to him. Yeah. Um. I mean, so I guess we've got a new guy. On the Wrestle Talk yeah. team, yeah, Pete. Pete. I mean, Ch- Laurie wants us to call him Chopper. Not sure why, but yeah, yeah Pete seems like a nice guy. I mean, yeah, he is yeah. a nice well, guy. We, know we, we knew him before he started wearing the mask. Yeah. Uh, so, what should he be called? What What were his fans? Because he got over. He did. Pete he got, got over strong in Thursday's news episode, which just makes sense because yeah. he is one of the nicest chaps. <laughs> mm. And he, he, so he sat in. Uh, was it by Laurie's request? Yeah, yeah, Laurie requested he was there. For the your NXT Wrestle Ramble review podcast listeners, I guess won't know that really because he was so quiet and did not move. He didn't say a single word, <clears throat> which you know it just makes sense. Someone commented in the comments of that video that he doesn't blink. He he only blinks about six times in the whole video. And it took him like eight minutes to blink for to the do first, the first one. The first yeah. Blink, yeah. I mean, that's a talent, right? I, yeah, I never knew he was... I mean, that's that's really the traits I would associate with a cold, hard killer. Yeah. Uh, but Chopper's quite a nice name. Uh, you know, like, yeah. Chopper? It's like a... no. There's no, like, lethal connotations so. yeah, to it. I don't think so. Uh, Tattoo Coopman also suggested for Randy fans, he posted this in our Patreon community, uh, I like the name Randaloins for uh, Andy fans. That's the worst one I've heard. Well, the Randaloins? The Randaloins. Like a tenderloin. Yeah, but I think loins, I think pants. The loins. Mm. Mm. I don't want to think of Randy's loins. Randy <laughs> and loins. I don't want those two words together when thinking about Datsun. So that's a no on the Randaloins. Do you want an um, 80% fact? I'd love an 80% fact. Th- I can't believe it's taken you this long to get to this point. Th- does everyone know about 80% <laughs> facts? Because this is a Luke creation. That yeah. is that's one of the the biggest contributions you've made to my household. <laughs> yeah. Because okay, so the idea you 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 explain it. It's your thing. Well, so I was it. I gave you the fact, or you gave me the fact. You gave me the fact. I gave you. And the I was fact. suspicious about. You were it. suspicious of it, and because of your suspicions, I then sort you of backtracked. I backtracked on it a little <laughs> bit, and I was like, well, maybe I'm eighty percent there. And it just became known as an 80% fact. Yeah, so it's it's perfect to describe, like, you know, you're talking and you're not really thinking about what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I read this thing that said, like, this is the game. Is that so? Oh, I think I'm 80% there. Yeah, like, it's an 80% fact. Because, like, you didn't actually read the whole thing. Maybe you just read the headline. Yeah, yeah. If at most you skim read the first paragraph. Like those... And you're even misremembering that. Yeah, like that headline in a paper the other day that was just like, uh, what was it? It was um, Millennial Space. Spend three thousand pounds a year on coffee, and that actually is not. That's not even eighty percent facts. When you read the article, what it actually says is like millennials spend three thousand pounds a year on things for themselves, including mm. coffee. So, it's like, oh, what you're saying is then that they just spend three thousand pounds for it's not things. That much. No, re- yeah, really. In the grand scheme of things, that's a very small mm. amount. Uh, so the yeah, so it's whenever you're you're talking to someone and you say something. And then as soon as you've said it, you're like, hmm, I hope they don't look into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's an 80% fact. So you've got an 80% yeah, fact Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe this could be a good 
a good news segment. Yeah. So you're not allowed to research these. It's just things that you always thought were true. Yeah. Or like you've been, you, you heard it maybe when you were 12 and then you just said it for the rest of your life. Yeah. And like, you're not 100% sure it's real. For example, the little kid in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory grew up to be Marilyn Manson. Mm. That was a yeah. story I heard when I was at school. And I just believed it for a little while. 80% fact. 80, I, I barely an 80% fact, that one. But it is, uh, it is you know, it's in the realm of being an 80% fact. Not true at all. The star of uh, Alex Mack and her hat, the Nickelodeon 90s kids series, mm. is Natalie Portman. <laughs> 80% fact. 80%, 80% fact. fact. So like, here's, here's the one I was told yesterday. And I, I looked at the person. I said, is that true? And, and they went... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, all, all the confidence in that. So this is 80%. Um, hamstrings. Okay, so hamstrings are the back part of your upper leg. And the reason they're called hamstrings is because it's like four muscles that turn into strings. That are two muscles, I think, that turn into strings at the end. Mm-hmm. Four strings just below the back of your knee. And apparently, hams, according to this 80% fact, yeah. hamstrings is a relatively new term to describe this muscle because usually everything is you know, quadriceps or mm-hmm. biceps. But then you've got the hamstrings. That sounds quite that's, colloquial. That's different, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because, allegedly, yeah. butchers would use that cut of the meat because it wasn't really, it's quite sinewy. They wouldn't sell it. They would use the string of the hamstrings, of the whatever that muscle was called before, and they would hang it up in the shop window as string to put other cuts of meat in uh, their window display. And that's hamstring. And it was from pigs. Mm. So it's the hamstrings. I see. And that's why they're called hamstrings. 80% fact. No, no, uh, nothing to back that up. Um, Haven't looked into it. In the same, so me and my wife have an 80% fact off. Mm. And it's a fact that, and I, I do seriously mean this. I don't want people to email me in with what the correct answer is this because it's a running joke within our <laughs> our marriage that we we are never going to look this up because we're both just adamant that either one of us is right. Sure. But the song um, You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette. How's it go? Yeah. Um, and I'm here to remind you oh, yeah, yeah. of the mess. A brilliant song. One of my favorite songs of all time. But that is about someone it's about her ex-boyfriend who was a celebrity i i thought for years it was the producer of the song but then someone told me that actually it's about dave coulier who was a comedian in the uh, the 1980s like when she's like i went down on you in her theater like that's a true story that's her and dave coulier Uh, he replaced um uh, he was the new voice of peter venkman in the real ghostbusters and things like that because he can do quote do an impression of bill murray he can't but whereas my wife will tell you... This has got so many details. <laughs> whereas my wife will tell you that it's actually about Matt LeBlanc famously playing From Joey... Friends, uh, yeah. Joey and Friends. So we every time that song comes on, I will say like... It's about Dave Coulier, this song. And she will say, no, 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 it's about Matt LeBlanc. And we kind of like, we tell her where the origins of these stories come mm. from. Um, so those, that's both. Uh, don't look it up because people do this and then they pull a face and I don't want to know the truth. Okay. Well, send in your 80% facts to Luke <laughs> at WrestleTalk.com. We're making a new segment. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see your 80% and, uh, facts. And we won't look it up, but we will debate whether it's real. <laughs> yeah, so don't make facts up. It's got to be facts yeah, yeah. that you have heard. Yeah. Like that's where that's because I, I want to hear the backstory of where you heard these facts from. But you're as well. a bit iffy about it. Yeah, you're not quite sure. Like yourself. now, or maybe it's something you've always believed, but yeah. now you're thinking. 
Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what we're after. Um, so email those into Luke at WrestleTalk.com as well as all of your other correspondents. And thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week for the Raw review. Crikey, what's going to happen on Raw this week? Because it's fast late next weekend. So we've got to, uh, it's, the, it's the biggest show of the year. So we've got to start cracking mm. on a bit. Get some matches booked onto it. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Take care. Have a good weekend. I love you. Goodbye. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 